Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. We are here for part two of the amazing conversation that we have been talking about, all about what the French toast is financial freedom, how do we identify it? And then how do we strategically actually make it happen in our business? And if you have not listened to part one of this conversation, I would pause, seriously, first pause and go back to episode 603, uncovering your relationship with money and identifying what financial freedom looks like. Listen to that one first, because that's going to get you in the right headspace of like, okay, here's what I've identified it means to me. Now I'm ready to strategically put it in place because that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. And actually pursue it intentionally rather than hoping it happens. Hoping it (laughs) Truly, truly. And I really think this is what I see so many people doing. This is how I lived my entire business before I met you. So like I laugh because I'm making fun of my old self, not because you are ill-equipped. And that's the thing. I want to give you guys permission that it's okay to be at any stage of this process. It's okay to be at any stage of your own financial freedom journey. There's no right or wrong to this. And it's all based on our own circumstances and experiences. And even us still, I want to urge you that I have read other people report about their own journey and their own business. And I'll look at them and be like, they're way more willing to take risks than I am. Yes. Yes. Invest in this way or do this thing. And that's okay. You're on your own journey and we don't need to get into comparisonitis about what this looks like. And there's no timeline in your business to have this perfected. You could literally have your doors open for a decade and you being like, okay, I feel like there's something missing. I've been stuck at this plateau year after year after year. What does it mean? It's this piece. It's this. Yeah. So this is great. Yes. For people who are like, Wouldn't it be great to start off business perfectly in year one? For sure. But this is for y'all who are like, have been doing this for a hot minute and are still like, I feel like I'm working my freaking face off and I'm not enjoying all of the benefits on the back end. Where is the disconnect? And it's, it's here. Yeah. So hopefully in part one, you identified what maybe a baby step looks like for you in the next quarter, in the next six months or the next year. 
that feels tangible, but pushes you. And I want to talk more about the strategy to actually get to that point. The first thing I want to talk about is literally designing your business for profit. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, the world in which we live, especially if you were raised in the United States, we are taught at a very young age, and maybe maybe not in your circumstances, but I know I was, it was almost as if for profit automatically equaled bad and nonprofit mm-hmm. automatically equaled like they're doing good in the world. Mm-hmm. They're pursuing positive things. Profit is not a bad thing. Money is not a bad thing. Money is neutral. It is neutral. <laughs> and that all comes back to what are you using it for? How is it empowering you? What is it doing for you in your life? And the fact of the matter is we have to unwrap that first. And once we've unwrapped that and we're willing to look at running a for-profit business on purpose, then we need to be planning for profit. And I think there's this misconception that that means you have to, like, I'm sure many of you have heard about the profit first, like, Mm -hmm. strategy, or even read the book. And I am not necessarily suggesting you design your business in the manner that it's discussed in that book or that strategy, because that's really about building backwards on, well, this is how much profit I want to make. And thus, this is all the other things that happen. Well, that's somewhat true. I really want the profit planning to be more from a, what do you realistically need? What does your family and your situation look like? But then what is the next phase for you? Because you can have a version one of this is what would be great and this would sustain us, and this is what would feel comfortable. And then you can have that financial freedom kind of goal that's perhaps associated with the thing you just established Mm -hmm. of, well, if I could get my profit to this, then that would allow me to blank. And I personally, personally like looking at profit as the entire business revenue minus all costs for literally everything except owner pay. So While you might, if you have an S corporation, have your own payroll, you can definitely include that. But I think it gets kind of muddy on planning for your income. And so regardless of how you divide up your personal pay, when you're planning for profit, I like to think of it as what is the money you want left over to pursue the life and lifestyle you want? And then what additional margin do you need to reinvest in the business and grow the business? Well, and, you know, working intimately with clients again and really being in the weeds with what they're pricing and what their money goals are and what their expenses are and everything else has really showed me, again, I've done this, is that we are barely pricing to break even. And we're picking numbers out of thin air and throwing it on offers and products and services and going through the quarters and the months of the year and wondering why we're still constantly stressed out and feeling like we're behind because you are and because those feelings are true because you're not building in margin. You're not building in cushion. And for whatever reason that may be, whether it's your relationship with money, whether it's think the value of your service or what you think your people will pay or what you think you can charge or whatever, those are separate conversations. But regardless of, of industry, of level of confidence, of what you're offering, it doesn't matter. Like time after time after time, I'm seeing so many of our clients and just people in general just being like, well, 
this is true. These are the facts that I have to then build my business around instead of getting to define what those are. Yeah. And that's just not the case. So I prefer to look at this from the, what are the things we cannot change? <laughs> like time, like you have a finite amount of time. You have a finite amount that your life currently requires. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, there's an actual number associated with that. And we can build backwards and reverse engineer this. In fact, I'm so passionate about building your price around profit and making sure it's associated with all the things you're working towards that I literally built an entire calculator yep. module inside the incubator program to make sure our clients, our service-based businesses out there are equipped with the knowledge necessary to price accordingly. Mm -hmm. to what is required for their life. And so if you're interested in getting access to that calculator or more info about the incubator specifically, I encourage you to go to bossproject.com slash incubator and check out a little bit more about the program. And I'm happy to have a conversation in the DMs about what you actually get access to with this calculator, because it's the foundation of so much that we build upon and what you're charging your clients and how much money you're making defines every other aspect, whether you want it to or not. Yep. Yep. And the factors that I don't think we're thinking of enough or taking into enough consideration is kind of like the trifecta that you built out in that calculator of about your goals, the amount of time you have to give to be able to reach those goals. And then those two kind of facts then give you the response or the the knowledge of, okay, then here's how many people I need to work with. Here's what I need to charge. And what do you not like and like about those scenarios that show you what life could look like based off facts of what you say you want to do? Okay. So then there's just a couple of levers we can tweak, but they're, the thing that remains the same is the profit margin and the revenue goal. Yeah. The dollars don't necessarily shift how much time you spend on an individual project or what you package up in your literal services, who you're talking to. All of those things can shift. And we've watched people change their prices. Now, here's the thing. And this is the part I think there's this really common misconception is when we talk about premium and exclusive and excellent customer experience, I think everyone assumes that means it has to be high dollar. Right. Right. And that is just simply not true. It is completely based on how long does it take you to accomplish the thing? Yeah. What time do you have to give? What are your actual financial circumstances? Are they one-off clients or retainer clients? It totally changes. And so because of that, I'm going to be really upfront and honest. We have people in our program who are charging $600 retainer pricing. Mm -hmm. And we have people in our program who are charging $65,000 for a one-time project. And everything in between. Everything <laughs> in between. And they're both perfect for their setup. Yes. Services. Yes. Yes. That is what I love about it because it just tells you what you're working with and it tells you what your options are. And some of our people are super, super comfortable with like, nope, one-off relationships, high dollar, see them and get them out. And some people are like, ooh, deeper connections, longer like micro relationships. Great. What does that look like? Some like having a little mix of both, which is personally my favorite because we get that like healthy sustainability happening and then like the cash injections happening. But that's a yeah. whole other conversation. Yeah. And I think it's important that we talk next about why 
a set of circumstances are one way at one period and then it shifts over time. I think so often, and I've definitely talked about it too, the margins available to service-based business are just so much higher than they are to a product-based business or even a one-to-many model because of just the simple costs associated with running the business on a day-to-day basis. But for a service-based business, your primary and most expensive line item and your potential budget is your team. Mm -hmm. And I think so often I see people wanting to keep their margins really high. And I understand that. But I want to talk about how this might shift as you grow as a CEO and as you want to pursue different things in your own business. Because you absolutely can run a tight ship. Mm-hmm. You can have a high profit, high margin business where you're producing 70%, 80%, even 90% profits yep. with just you and maybe an admin if you have any help at all. Right. And some of you will find that process completely overwhelming and exhausting. Yep. Yep. Well, and these are the conversations I feel like people aren't checking in with themselves enough to identify like what kind of business do you want to run? What do you want to be doing day in and day out? What do you not want to be doing? Because there's different pursuits for each of those scenarios. And I think at least the the mindset piece that I had to kind of come to terms with is, you know, in our first year, our first two years of business, it was really, really banging high profits. And then that started to dip down as we started to you know, invest in learning or traveling to conferences or trying Facebook ads or hiring, whatever it might be, that started to dip down. And my first headspace was, oh my God, we need to make so much money to maintain these profits. And I don't know if I want to do that, but if these profits keep dipping, does that mean we're not good business owners? And it was a total mindset shift of like, oh wait, like, are we deliberately growing? Is that what we're doing here? Because there's definitely intentionality behind sacrificing some profits for growth. Right. Well, and I think this, I've seen this illustrated recently and just want to reiterate because I think everyone's going to be at a different stage, but there are going to be many of you that are only running a business to fund the life and lifestyle that you want. Mm -hmm. And that is Totally okay. okay. Great. Fantastic. Yep. Love that for you. And there's going to be some of you that have the desire to really focus on the mission and purpose of your business. And you want, which, P.S., you can be mission focused and still be lifestyle driven. Yes. But you're going to be more focused on long term growth, legacy building, sustainability. Yep empowering other people within your own company, building a team that's also driven by the same mission and purpose. And if that is the case, the business is required different things. Like the business will need different things to survive and thrive. Right. If it's funding your lifestyle versus it's its own entity that's growing and doing its own. Well, and I want to be clear though, if it's growing, if it's funding your own lifestyle, period, or if it's funding your lifestyle and doing these other Correct. things. I think Correct. that the biggest mistake I see is people being like, oh, I'm completely servitude model. I'm thinking about everyone first. And you haven't like no. fucking paid yourself in three no, years. That's no. what we're not doing this year. 
if you are attracted to growth and not something you want to pursue, you can get pretty far on the life and lifestyle only. Like I've literally seen people take personal salaries from a business, 500, 600, 700,000, but their overall business is lean, meaning they're not necessarily making a lot more than that. They might be making 600 to a million and keeping 500 to 700,000 of it. Yeah. The problem with that model is if you, you're going to hit a tipping point where it's going to either become unhealthy for you or it's going to be unhealthy for other people in your own company. If that's the case, then we need to talk about what does it look like for it to do both. Right. And it can do both and you can intentionally choose to do and pursue both. But it definitely comes at a cost and you have to decide if that's something you're willing to pursue. I mean, personally, I don't need a personal income of 500,000 to remain comfortable and live in the Midwest and have the things I want. And so because of that, the way we've built our business is completely different. Just because of the nature of those things. Yeah. You could look at our business and probably it's functioning similarly to the example Abby gave because there are two CEOs in our business. And so we need to have the profits to pay ourselves because there are two of us and a team. So that needs to happen. But where most people who are listening, there's one person at the founder level. Right. And then there's your team. And so it's structured a little bit differently. Right. We've just decided to make our job twice as hard. <laughs> Honestly, though. <laughs> but twice as fun. Twice as fun. Twice the chaos. Whatever you want to look twice at. the it reward. Like. <laughs> yeah. There definitely is challenges to building financial freedom for multiple people <laughs> and then intentionally deciding to grow because it means you have to be on the same page about all the things. But nonetheless, I'm focused on you guys. And I think there's a lot of you who perhaps early on in your business and the first, I find people pursue the lifestyle piece, generally speaking, in the first one to three years. A hundred percent agree. And then at some point, you're either going to love that, keep coasting, or you're going to get this itch Mm-hmm. <laughs> the like entrepreneurial itch to like keep going and growing. And if that's the case, then I want you guys to be totally knowledgeable that choosing a lower profit is actually healthier yes. for the long-term success yes. of your business. Yes. And here's the cool part too. You can go back to lifestyle business whenever you want oh, yeah. for like six months, a year, three years, and then go back to growth and then go back like I think that's the biggest the biggest lesson that I've learned in this whole business ownership space is like and I've said it before like you don't have to be you don't have to be married to that offer you don't have to be married to that price you know we tell our clients all the time like you don't have to be married to this one thing forever but the stories that I tell myself is if I change my mind or if I go back to what I think isn't like the valid way or the like real way of doing this, then I'm doing it wrong. And if I change my mind, then I'm not like dedicated or whatever. And guess what? Like you just get to decide based on what your needs are right now. And those needs change because you're human and you're evolving and you're growing and what you want changes. Yeah. Like how amazing is that? How amazing is that? Like that you have the freedom to do that. 
I would say we did lifestyle needs for the first two years. And then we changed to growth for like two years. And then we did a lifestyle year. And then we've done growth the last two years. Right. Mm-hmm. But like growth last year was totally different. Right. Than growth this year. Yes. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And so I think you can, how you define it, what you're searching for, all of those things can grow and change. And there is a way in which your business can serve you 
and serve the people within it. Because, you know, here's the thing. Part of my hang up for switching from lifestyle to growth is I knew it was going to require me to reinvest in the business. Like that was like, I was ready for that step. The part that I was struggling with is if I'm adding all these people to the team, for what, I guess, is the main thing. And so for me to even want to continue to grow after a certain point, I needed to feel like I was prepared to create, and not necessarily the same, but like the opportunities for additional financial freedom for our team. And keeping in mind, there are different points in their career. There are different points in their life and lifestyle. But how can I also reward people that are working hard and showing up and wanting to build a business that benefits not just the owners, but everyone working within it is is really important to me. I think you can continually pursue freedom. And like we said last time, it's really all freedom of choice. And so if you can get to the point where you build a stable enough foundation, this can ebb and flow in any direction at any time. And you get to define what that looks like. But I think that's only possible when we meet our needs and when we know that they will consistently be met. Because I don't know how long before you felt like, oh, I know we're going to get paid. I know this is going to support our family. Like how long before that? Uh, Five years. (laughs) Six years. (laughs) What day is it? How many days? And it's not a reflection of where we're at in business at all. That is my own like anxiety thing. You know, it, it comes down to like, holy shit, did I actually like help build a business that does this? Like that can't be true. I don't know what I'm doing. Like that that's that kind of stuff. But realistically, probably four years. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. The feeling has like gotten deeper, kind of ebbed and flowed, but like you're more confident that it's not going in. Correct. Correct. Yeah. What about you? I think it's probably similar. I definitely was, I've never been unsure that we would be, we hit a certain point, I would say probably around in four years, where I was always confident we could meet the needs of like the baseline that my family needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I wasn't always sure that it would be above and beyond that mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. I think we're at the point now where I'm like, oh, no. We're going to be more than comfortable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the new reality that I'm starting to be comfortable with because yes, agreed. But you know, we were in business for three years when we had the worst year of our entire lives in business. And I think maybe I could have hit that comfortableness year three if that year hadn't happened, if we hadn't made some, yes. some of the, those choices in that year. But it took us rectifying the year and then feeling comfortable that like, yes, it's sticking around. It's here. It's solid for me to fully believe it. So maybe even four and a half years, because there was definitely a point leading up to the year that was hard. It's not that I doubted that we would get paid, but it was just like, oh, this just is a little job. We weren't meeting like all of our needs quite yet financially. It was was here. We were getting paid, but like I didn't have my dream salary. We didn't have you know, the predictable, sustainable reality wasn't there yet. And we were trying to create that when we had, you know, the hard year. And that was so, 
so we had learned so many lessons, but one of the biggest ones that came from it, I think, which is what helped the solidification of me being like, no, we're good is the fact that we made it through that year. And we were able to really, really change things after that from the lessons learned. And the fact that we made it on the other side of that, to me, that is evidence that like, we can do anything. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) If we can do that, and not that I want to do it again, but if we had to do it again. Get it out of here. The energy. No. (laughs) No. I mean, it's just... And I think some of this comes down to, because if someone else were to look at our business, they might literally LOL and like the situations we're talking about, because we are taught as women that the only way to do this is to bootstrap it and to like figure it out. And you, you have to be profitable every step of the way and you have to be growing every step of the way. And you know, you hit a baseline and then you just have to keep doing how I doubled my income 17 years in a row with one VA. Right. And it's just totally unrealistic. You know, if we were to look and compare female led businesses to male-led businesses. I just, I'm telling you what, men are just brought up differently. Yes. And because of that, they're also taught different ways to build a business. And men just in general, and not that I haven't met women that aren't risk takers or that aren't willing to make big choices like this, but men are way more likely to take literal dollars from someone else, gamble it all, and with the thought that they very well might lose it. Mm -hmm. And that has no direct reflection on who they are as a person, how smart they are, or anything. (laughs) And we're over here like, I I could never borrow a penny. (laughs) I could never take from my family. Like, I must continue to have this and it's just, it's just so crazy. Cause it, I mean, even just watching Shark Tank. Oh my gosh. The level of confidence of people, cause it doesn't even need to be like a man woman situation, but the people who walk in that room with the level of confidence that they have, or now knowing intimate knowledge about profit margins and how much money businesses make in different industries and how much, how, what their expenses are, et cetera. When I watch that show now, I'm like, oh girl, you should not have come to this show. You are not ready. You are not ready. But that goes back to the very beginning where what's interesting. And I just think this is a funny sentence in and of itself, because look at what we have done, but that we aren't as risky as a lot of people. No, absolutely not. And I would have thought we were because of what we've done and what we've built. We are not. I know. I know. <laughs> we are very conservative. And I can only imagine that has to do with the fact that we grew up in the Midwest and like the values of the culture we grew up in were, you know, you build for the middle class. You don't build for wealth. You build to have a little quaint house with a little picket fence and, you know, a dog in the back. I mean, we're the Midwest is the epitome of the American dream that everyone yes, makes. Yes. Right. 100%. And so this society we live in is built to be working class. Well, I didn't know, I didn't have a rich person in my family until I was in like high school. And the only, my closest connection to rich people were, was when my mom was cleaning their houses. And so it was just a very different dynamic. It was very othering my whole life. 
Yeah. Or like you all, I mean, I'm sure I know Emily has a, a rich aunt and uncle, but like, I, I mean, that's how I felt about one of the members of my family. Like, Ooh, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. he works for Motorola <laughs> back in the Motorola. day. Was- which was bad in the uh-huh. day. That yeah. was like the yeah. thing. Yeah. It was like the equivalent of work, working for Google or Apple today. Yeah. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, the vacations and the way uh-huh. he invests uh-huh. in his home uh-huh. and all of the things. Well, in my rich family are still blue collar work. Like they make machine parts physically. Like my uncle physically makes them on the machine with his employee. And it's just very rich because it's a very, very high revenue job. Like those parts are very expensive. Right. But they're they're still. But they're in a shop with no AC. <laughs> no right. AC. Well, and, and my other example <laughs> of that, my other uncle literally painted hot rods for a living, mm-hmm. which is like the most manual labor job mm-hmm. you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Literally, would take cars mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. I could watch those videos on TikTok all day long. Painting cars. <laughs> I don't even like give a shit the about cars. Striping. I'm the opposite of a car person. You should see the inside of my vehicle. But the ASMR of car painting is just something I'm very into. <laughs> when you only have that exposure, all of this to say, our success has been throttled by our own willingness to take the next big yeah. step. The next leap, the next whatever. And I have watched so many of you in very similar shoes to us, not even be willing to be as risky as us, which I, you know, I, which is really not (laughs) (laughs) it may seem like it from the outside, but Mm -hmm. I promise you we're making very conservative next steps and like we just made a couple decisions or Emily and I are like (gasps) I literally went to Ryan a couple days ago and I was like okay I'm gonna like anxiety dump on you for a second and I need you to just like come back at me with receipts as to like why all of this is just anxiety and not truth and he was like all right I'm ready and I was like like word vomited everything and he's like okay number one (laughs) just like started to break down all the things I was like cool 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 thanks (laughs) Appreciate you. Well, and here's the thing of why I think we spent so much time talking about the examples in our life. I say that because I at least learn best by example and by not just learning, but by believing something to be true because I see that someone else has done it. I'm the type of person who like, if literally anyone else can do this in the world, then like, obviously, so can I, (laughs) like, I'm that kind of cocky person. Yeah. And so the more examples that you have, not just in your family, but in the people that you're learning from, that you get to hang out with, that you strategize with, whatever, right? The amount of people who you see doing the type of things that you want to do gives your brain the evidence that even if you're not there yet, that it is actually possible. And so I didn't mean for this to turn into a pitch for our incubator, but I'm about to turn it into one just real quick. (laughs) Getting into a room with people who have the same life first business goals as you, who are learning the same designing a business with profit for growth packaging up your services to serve you to get your time back to grow a team intentionally, like all the things that we talk about in the incubator, getting into a room of people who are teaching that, but who are also living it in their lives. It's like through osmosis that the like confidence happens, that the results happen. Yes, you need to do the work, but like it's also backup as receipts and proof that it's possible. Trust me. Bossproject.com slash incubator. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Like, 
even our own clients push me all the time. Oh, they like, serve so much inspiration for me. I'm like, oh, you're doing what now? Okay. <laughs> you mean $63,000 for one client? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, for real though, they're over here doing these massive things and taking big leaps. And we've watched many of them literally generate an extra 60, 80, $100,000 in like less than two months into the program. It's Mm -hmm. bananas to me. And I think so much of this comes down to often we are taught like so many other things that we have to do this alone and that we have to figure it out ourselves. And, you know, Emily and I did bootstrap it for a very long time. And I'm just straight up tired of feeling like I always have to figure it out. I'm in this new season of identify what I don't know. Yeah. Find the person who knows it. Yeah. Identify what I don't know. Identify the person who knows it. You know what's happened? A, it does take some skill to find the right people who can give you the knowledge. But the more people you hang out with who are the type of people who live the life you want and are running in the business and you're like, you want the more connections you have to the people who are going to help you also do that same thing. Oh, for real though. Like literally, I can't even explain to you. Six months ago, me versus me today, (laughs) the like knowledge, like literal knowledge growth I've had, the capacity I've had for new things, the willingness to try new things. I mean, it's outlandish. Like, and so much of it has because I gave myself the opportunity for exposure. And so I want you to know that you can be in that room. You can seek financial freedom. You can do it in a conservative approach mm-hmm. and still hit your goals. Because I think there's this, like, you either have to risk it all or you're, you're going to never get there. And I just think that's just no, shitty. I don't, like yeah. you can make intentional steps in the direction you want and make your decisions about what risk looks like to you. We're going to show you how to build a super freaking solid foundation so that every time you make a choice, you were already ready for it anyway. And we're going to help you be four to six weeks ahead, 90 days ahead of decisions, but not, I mean, cause I've, I've definitely seen other people guide people and they're helping them make decisions that they should not be helping them make decisions on. And so that's not what we're going to do. We're going to look at facts. We're going to talk about facts together and we're going to break it down into a really tangible step-by-step process. And I'm just excited because the more women that have access to this level of choice, it's going to change the world because these women are building businesses that have a massive impact on their communities. They're building the businesses with purpose that that create change. And, and they're getting to employ people who are impacted by yeah. their own business. Like it's just... And it doesn't always mean... And- you can do this, be profitable, have the life you want, and then get the freedom of choice of how to spend your money, which is why like, is why we chose to build a for-profit company instead of a nonprofit. Because now on the back end, I get the freedom to choose how I spend it. And honestly, I get to pursue more opportunities to give back and mm-hmm. share than I think I would have if we had tried to 100%. build the business. I just, that's only child syndrome over here, but it's just like, take care of yourself first so that you can take care of other people. Everyone always says that, but you don't see how it 
is actually true when you're taking until you're taken care of. Right. I just I found it extremely shocking what happens in your capacity to to take on more like in this on a very personal note, I wouldn't have been able to financially sustain or mentally prepare <laughs> or have this like actual literal space to take in our aging grandmother if I didn't have right. this stability. Right. And being a full-time caregiver to someone with Alzheimer's and aging and all of those things are incredibly hard. And I have the freedom and financial flexibility to support not just her, but other people in my life as that continues to happen. And I, like, what a freaking gift watching someone age in place instead of, you know, no harm in doing what your family has to do. But I was just not prepared to put her in a home in the midst of COVID. <laughs> no, I grew up with my great grandmother in a home after she had dementia. She lived with my my Nana for many years until she just couldn't anymore. And part of that was because of the financial needs that my Nana still had and having to see her live out the last decade of her life in a home was just, it was like, I was like eight year old me, like, Nope, I'm going to do literally everything I can for this to not happen to, to people I love. Yeah. Well, and whatever those motivations are, I know for Emily and I, a lot of it comes back to we spent most of our childhood making sure everyone else was okay. But we're just going to keep doing that. <laughs> I know. But like realizing in adulthood, if I'm okay first, right. then I can't actually right. do this in the way I want to do this. Right. 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 And so now our goal in life <laughs> is to make sure we're good. We made sure everything was okay when we were younger by sacrificing ourselves. And now, right. now we're going to try to do this in a different way. No, we're going to do this a healthy way. <laughs> We're going to make sure we have access to counseling. Mm -hmm. We're going to mm -hmm. make sure we have mm -hmm. the financial abundance necessary mm -hmm. to care for our own needs and our future likely mental health care needs, like all of those things. Yeah. And build a base that's going to allow us to care for the generation that was before us that literally gave us every opportunity Everything. in the book. And I think this is what it comes down to. Yeah. They told us, even if they were struggling, they yep. told us every day we were capable of anything we wanted to be. Yep. And because of that attitude <laughs> they gave us, damn straight we're taking care of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I told my mom that I was dropping out of journalism school and going to be an art major instead, she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and just went right along with it. And luckily I did. I mean, both careers were dying, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I had to make my own way either way. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for you guys yes. to design what this looks like for you. I know you likely had a lot of ideas of what tangibly you were working towards, but I hope this gives you the framework that you can actually put a number on paper, pursue it intentionally, reinvest in your business, have access to a room of people who also want to pursue the same things. And we will send you one last little invitation please consider joining us inside the incubator. We would love to have you and love to support you in this decision-making, literally walking you through the process every step of the way. You can go to bossproject.com slash incubator. We're super excited to see you apply. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. 
we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.